A calm, beautiful podcast. We speak about the light, hold back truths to spare your feelings. We never rock the boat. No unfiltered opinions here. Ah, no. You're listening to Unfiltered. Unfiltered. If it's politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, and everything in between, we shoot you straight through the eyes with the truth. Streaming to six continents from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and West Hollywood, California. Sponsored by the Stutzman Group. We're real. We're raw. We are unfiltered. This is Bobby and Luke. Welcome to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. It is Saturday, March 6th. And Luke, like just a few days ago in our last episode, we've got a special guest today. Why don't you tell our listeners who we've got? Very excited to be welcoming to the pod another class of 96 Seward High School Blue Jay, Mr. John Burhoop. Welcome, sir. How are we doing, fellas? Doing phenomenally well. Uh, Being here in Colorado Springs, we typically have beautiful weather, and today is no different. Uh, We got smashed with a rain ice storm the other day, followed by about four or five inches of snow. But today, the birds are (laughs) a-chirping. Nice, nice. I think we're looking at another uh, sunny and 75 in uh, good old West Hollywood today, so don't mind us. Yeah, nice, nice. It's 60, 69 degrees here in Lincoln, so, uh, so yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful not day. Not bad, not bad. Now, I believe, if I remember right from growing up in Nebraska, that might be uh, the spring fake-out, and yes. then uh, you will have a, a deep dive back into winter here in the coming weeks. Is that about yeah. right? Yep, yep. Enter like a lion, leave like a lamb or something like that, right? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Exactly, exactly. Bobby, my friend. Yes, sir. We have another class of 96er. So uh, we were just talking before we came on the air that uh, because of, of everything that's been going on in the world and whatnot, and nobody being able to travel, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen each other and we haven't seen many of our classmates for, uh, what, almost five years now. Yeah. Uh, you know, at our last reunion and this summer we is supposed to be our, can't believe I'm saying this, but our 25th anniversary. And, uh, it sure would be nice if, uh, you know, enough people are, are inoculated and people are traveling again. And, uh, what they say in the news, uh, yesterday that, we might be creeping towards normal uh, come summertime, right? As uh, there now will be enough vaccine for us to achieve that herd immunity sometime by late summer. So possibly, possibly a light at the end of this very long tunnel. Yeah. So you know, pre-recording, I was talking with John. The last time we saw each other was a great time. Was that twentieth anniversary? or uh, reunion 
we started at the uh, country club there in Seward. We ended up back at John's house and we yes, ended we up at his neighbor's house. And it was just a great time seeing everybody because Amber and I did not go to the 10 year or anything before that. So it was like 20 years before, you know, we had seen it, you know, a lot of these folks and it was just a great night. Absolutely. Absolutely. So here's hoping that um, the 4th of July. Now, I think also, if I if I am correct here, um, I, well, I, I know it was the, the, the in-person events in Seward had to be closed down because of COVID last year. And I think that's the first time that that's probably ever happened since they started having the big celebration there in Seward. I know it was quite, yeah. uh, quite, a, quite a, a hard uh, decision to be made. Um, you know, for, for the folks there in Seward to not have the in-person events, but probably the right thing to do. And uh, hopefully everything will be back up and running for this summer. Yeah. I think, I think that hurt a lot of people, a lot of business around town, mm -hmm. you know, not having that 60, 70,000 extra people show up on the 4th of July to celebrate. Mm -hmm. um, but as of this week, they lifted the, lifted the uh, mask restrictions on ah. most businesses in town. So, um, cases are down, you know, here in, in Seward and in the state of Nebraska. So yeah, things yeah. are really looking, looking towards a normal 4th of July, a, a normal County fair and hopefully a normal summer. So I think, we're right. you know, John, you really just hit the nail on the head there. You know, we, we talk about, I know there, I, I saw a lot of chatter online, people upset about, you know, the, Oh, you know, the tradition and missing the, the festivities and this and that. But the real economic or the real impact was the economic one, you know, Seward being a small town and the majority of the businesses in town being small, you know, mom and pop top type businesses uh, where they, you know, can probably make their year uh, just on that 4th of July, especially when 4th of July is around a weekend like it was last year. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, here's hoping for uh, a huge crowd this year. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, you know, and even living here in Colorado Springs, right? So we love Colorado. We've been here 10 years, but I can tell you the 4th of July in Colorado, doesn't matter if it's Denver, if it's Castle Rock, the Springs, it's not the same, right? Sure. The fireworks yeah. are very, very, very limited because of fire bans and everything oh, yeah. going on around this time. So we always looked forward going back to, you know, Seward. Uh, Amber's mom owned print shop for almost 30 years there in Seward. So That's we right. had, you know, kind of VIP parking every year and <laughs> down on the square. And, you know, she ended up actually selling her business uh, last year. And then, you know, COVID hit and then Seward made the announcement that everything was canceled. And then Amber, I was like, well, what, what the fuck are we going to do? You know? <laughs> and we ended up staying here and went to like drive-in movie and, you know, it just wasn't the same, you know, the fireworks and, you know, everything going on in Seward from, you know, the funnel cakes and the pizza and all the events and it, you know, yep. kind of crazy. Yeah. 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 We were on, we were on strict lockdown here in LA at that point still. So yeah. our 4th of July was literally spent uh, sitting in our apartment looking at each other. So uh, right. <laughs> not, not your, not your usual 4th of July for sure. Right. Right. 
Well, our our customary kind of furlough or intro now is uh, like on our last episode with TK and, and Titus Patterson. We did kind of a deep dive into the uh, archive of Billboard Hot 100 for the 1996. And so I went back into the archive and I went back to 93, which was our freshman year. And uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of hits I haven't heard or listened to in a very long time. Like, whoop, there it is. (laughs) But but here's the one that I chose. It's a classic. Uh, So here we go. Turn it up. Now, John, what I'd love to get into is, you know, just, you know, kind of talking with you, you know, Luke and I still call Seward home. Obviously, we don't live in Seward anymore. Um, You're you've been there. You've never left. You've, you know, raised kids. You have a family. You've been at Hughes Brothers since what? High school or right after high school? Right after high school. Yeah. When I when I. uh graduated i went to basic and ait uh mm-hmm. in the army at uh, fort jackson south carolina and uh i left like june 25th came home around november 13th um didn't really know what i wanted to go to college for i right. my mls my mls in the army was a 63 bravo 10 so i was a light field light wheeled vehicle mechanic with an emphasis on recovery mm-hmm. um so uh like i said i didn't know what i want to go to school for but right. so i i kind of loafed around with you know some buddies in Seward for a couple months and it's like well I better get a job so I got a job in 97 at Hughes Brothers and within nice. a year I was uh I was I, I was a maintenance mechanic um because of my experience in the army and so I'm pretty much I was pretty much doing what I wanted to go to school for anyway so I just kind of never left right and, right you know I guess I'm hosed if I ever get fired <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you've got but, a skill set right I mean right, I absolutely. am not a mic of any type of mechanic right, right. If, it, if there's something wrong with their vehicle and I can't YouTube it I don't touch <laughs> it right <laughs> and and you know so tech is my bag and you know I I envy people like you and, you know, there's, uh, what Ehrlich's, you know, working on cars since yeah. er- the early days and talking about four barrel carburetors and, and you know, it, you Holy know, crap, you're really dating us. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, you know, just souping up cars and working on cars and, right. you know, that was never my bag. So that right. is a skill set that, that, uh, is always needed. So I wouldn't be too worried, but it sounds like you've got your, your, you know, your, your, 
um, time with Hughes Brothers and yep. and probably what you plan on retiring there, right? Yeah, I mean, I've got 23 years in. I might as well yep. see how long this, this lasts, right? Right, absolutely. Uh, and then how's that business been affected with COVID? Has it been affected at all? No, it has not been affected one bit. We are yes. we are essential workers. Right. So even with mm-hmm. all the shutting down of businesses and stuff in Seward, um, they have made it uh, abundantly clear that we are working no matter what. So, you know, strict guidelines. If you don't feel good, don't come in in the morning. Right. Uh, get tested. Um, and then they have contract contact tracing and stuff for us at work. But you know, if you're feeling good, you come to work at Hughes Brothers because people need electricity. People need utilities, you know. So, right. So it's been it's been uh, full steam ahead. It's been nice. Good. Yeah. You know, we've, we've seen some, you know, some industries, you know, we hear about all the bad, but the, you know, industries like yours, I mean, business has probably picked up, um, you know, uh, you know, has it been hampered by, by all the restrictions, you know, really, you know, let's be honest, uh, Luke, there hasn't been too many restrictions there in Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> different states have handled things differently. Uh, right. I do know <clears throat> that you know there was there was quite a, as as there have been in different places. Uh, you know, there there was quite a uproar over uh, the mask mandate that the city council passed, mm-hmm. and uh, I know now due to uh, you know lowering numbers and whatnot that the mask mandate uh, you know has has now been lifted. But uh, John, have you, you know, being, being there, you know, ha- have you, what have, what has your experience been uh, around now? I'm sure at work, there are strict, strict guidelines and whatnot that are in place uh, due to, you know, business restrictions, but just being around town and going into businesses and whatnot. Uh, I, 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 I'm trying to get a picture of what it's been like and people have, has there been a lot of backlash to masking or, have people generally been cooperative? What what have what have things been like there in Seward? Yeah, I mean things have been have been pretty good. I mean you get on Seward community chat and people are complaining about having to wear masks or why is this mask mandate there or stuff. But um, you you go into any business, even today, you know, going into Fast Mart to get to get Copenhagen and a Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. There's there's no mask mandate, but people are still have masks on, and there's some that don't. And mm-hmm. no, I haven't. I haven't really heard of any any arguments or you know sometimes you'll fights in Walmart's of people screaming at people to put on masks, but right. uh, but no it's been very res- respectful you know people people kind of uh, let people uh, they let they let each other do what they want and right you can you know it's kind of a to to each his own kind of thing uh, in in Seward I mean they they if if you if if a oh, store owner says, Hey, you need to have a mask on, then they wear a mask. And mm-hmm. if, if not, then you make your own choices. So right. that's kind of, it hasn't, it's been, and I, as far as, you know, uh, schools, I think we still have to wear masks at St. John's and at the public school. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kids, it doesn't, it doesn't face kids at all. I mean, my kids, my kids get in the car after school and they wear their mask all the way home. And I'm like, you know, you have your mask on. He's like, Oh, like doesn't even, <laughs> doesn't even bother right. him. You right. know, I put one on for, 30 seconds to go into a gas station i feel like i'm choking to death and 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 but i do it because it's it's the right thing to do it's being respectful to your to your peers and Mm -hmm. yeah so nice overall it's it's i I mean it's been a good experience for me i'm sure there's others that would disagree but sure it's fine i mean you're not taking my taking my freedom 
by making me wear a mask. It's it's just a bump in the road. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and I think we're going to see people, especially that have you know haven't been inoculated yet, even post inoculation. You know, the big the big mystery is how long do these do these vaccines last? Nobody knows, right? And, you know, then you've got, you know, these strands, you know, the state of Texas is what I'm really concerned about right now. Uh, They've got all five mutated strands that the CDC is very, very concerned about. Yet their governor is going to be opening up the state 8 a.m. Monday morning. No masks are required anywhere in the state. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, obviously history. Right. We talk about data and analytics. And based on everything that we've seen from the United States and overseas, if you if you have high infection, you're going to have high hospitalization and you're going to have high deaths. Well, Texas is on the rise already. So we're going to see you know, exactly what happens. And even if, say, the hospitalizations aren't as high as they were, say, last April, May, what's the death toll going to be now with those mutated strains? So it's going to be interesting to see how the state reacts, what the government, you know, kind of requires, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Seward, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people that didn't like the mask mandate, um, but they were going by again, data. And mm-hmm. since then the cases have gone down and, and now, because people were following the policy for the most part, obviously there's some that on sewered community chat, you know, kind of a cesspool of negativity. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, I went into whatever gas station and they told me to put a mask on and I was like, fuck you. And, you know, but, you know, it sounds like for the most part, people were kind of doing what they needed to do. And now sewers, you know, benefiting from those actions by, you know, no mandatory masks mask mandate but yet like you said there are people that continue to wear masks and you know so we'll see how that goes maybe in six weeks you know that's not the case right yeah you know one of the things that john mentioned that really stuck out to me is that you know even as the mask mandate lifts there in seward excuse me if individual business owners want you to wear a mask for the most part people are respectful of it uh, yes. Maybe not so that uh, gentleman that said fuck you to the person at Fast Smart, but, uh, <laughs> right. uh, but but for the most part, people are are respectful of it. Meanwhile, down in Texas, small business owners, I, I saw, <laughs> I just thought this term was hilarious, are afraid that the governor is unleashing a Karen Palooza yeah. uh, on them because there's going to be so many people you know, not wanting to wear a mask, even if they're they're asked to wear a mask. And when it comes down to it, it's just about, like John said, it's just about respect, mm-hmm. respecting that business owner, respecting your 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 peer, your fellow man, uh, and uh, doing the right thing. So yeah, we'll we'll see what the caseload looks like as these mask mandates start to lift, because, you know, one of the things that you know. Fauci said is that if we do everything right and the numbers are low, Mm -hmm. uh, that will be proof that we've done everything right. But that could also lead people to say, see, things aren't so bad. Things are, I mean, this isn't that big of a deal. Well, it's not that big of a deal because 
we did what we were supposed to do, i.e. wearing the masks and distancing and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And that's why the caseloads are down. So, you know, even though the light is nearing, the light at the end of the tunnel is nearing, we still have to stay vigilant and, and get there so we can all get to get together. Right. Now, John, you mentioned your kids put on their masks and, and, and let's kind of dive into being a dad, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you've got teenagers. How many teenagers you got now in the house? Just one. He's 14. Okay. 14. Yeah. My youngest one is 11. Nice. All into sports, right? Just like oh, yeah. the bird hoops, the Jasons, the Justins and the Johns. Yeah. We're, we're full bore in football, basketball, baseball, track, golf. My boys are starting to get really, really interested in golf, which is, which is crazy. Cause I, you know, we did not grow up golfing, right. um, but yeah, they're all on board. So they probably get that from dad though, because because yeah. pre-recording you were saying you live at the golf course. I was gonna yeah. say you do live on a golf course. That might <laughs> yeah. have something. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> yeah, and I got a fourteen-year-old that can already outdrive me. So nice. Okay. He's, nice. He's, he's all about getting getting good enough to beat me on a you know an eighteen holes, and so I'm all for it. I I I love inspiring them to to be better than I was than I than I am and. And so that's, that's what we've been trying to do is they're, you know, they're already better people than, than I, than I ever was, you know, cause I, I think back of, you know, when I was their age and, you know, we didn't, I, we just didn't, it would grow up in a different time. Right. Um, right. The, these boys nowadays, you know, I think, you know, and it's, it's, it takes a village to, to raise everybody's kids and, you know, especially in our town, but I, sure. the groups of kids that, that I coach and, and work with they're all really respectful kids and mm -hmm. and and they're just they're fun to be around so the future looks bright as far as in seward for for kids uh kids sports and kids you know just growing up and being adults in general yeah yeah, yeah so now you know kind of a, you know i'm a dad we've got two teenagers in the house and, and you know kind of get into the how did you get into coaching i mean was it just kind of natural or was it like hey you know we got opportunity here, you know, to kind of do something really great and get into the coaching aspect and, right. you know, is no, that something? Actually, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I kind of got forced into it. Um, Cause I would never, you know, after, after my playing days and, and stuff, I just never thought I would be a coach, you know, just right. my, my, uh, you know, being a little hotheaded at times and, and stuff just doesn't really, maybe quarter I didn't think it correlated to being a coach but, uh, <laughs> but we had a we had a when my oldest was a third grader and and we had some parents that wanted to the, their kids to play more play more basketball and 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 stuff we we organized the team and and so we decided that I was going to coach it and kind of mm -hmm. went there and and then um you know football was the same way uh flag football in Seward and in uh, third and fourth grade and they were needing coaches. So mm -hmm. I agreed to it and kind of after the first year of doing everything, I was like, this is kind of fun trying to share, share knowledge with kids, you know, stuff that I've learned or stuff, stuff that, you know, trying to, trying to get them better and understand the game. And, and, and it's, I, I've had a blast. I'm uh, my oldest was his, we, the select team that he plays on that I coached was our last games last weekend. And I'm kind of sad that I don't get to coach those boys anymore. You know, yeah. they're, 
they, they go into they go into high school they're going to play freshman basketball and football and stuff and mm-hmm. i'll be happy to watch them grow you know it's it gets it gets to a point where you know i've taught you everything i know it's it's time to move on and let somebody else yell at you and 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 condition you and you know you can you just learn so much from other people's perspective right and, and stuff so but it's been good you know it's been cool watching you know you guys post stuff of of your different sports right yeah it's like you know joe Schluckabeer posts yep. a lot mm-hmm. of stuff you know about wrestling in milford you know just seeing you guys doing your thing and uh you know the excitement on your faces and you know the pride and everything you know it's been really mm-hmm. cool to see you know different years different teams you know there's been a lot of great results and uh, what do you think from a coach's perspective, getting into that, what was the biggest learning curve for, you know, for you personally? Oh boy. Um, probably for me, it was more managing emotion, you know, yeah. as a player, <laughs> you know, something, but something bad happens and, yeah. you know, you, you learn as a player to, you know, just play harder or, or, uh, you know, you, you, you know, we grew up not really showing too much emotion, you know, as I got older and I couldn't control it anymore. And then I, I probably showed too much emotion, but right. um, as a coach, you know, it's, it's, it's infuriating when you're, when you, when you develop this plan or, you know, these plays and then somebody screws it up when it, when it could have been great and just, right. just calming down and be like, Hey, it's okay. We'll get the next one, you know, or, or, or just make up for it on defense or whatever, whatever the situation is just controlling, controlling my, emotions as a as a coach is something that I've really had to learn and but I've never been I've never been kicked out of a basketball game or a football game I've come close (laughs) I mean I I got some words with some refs that 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 got me pretty close to getting kicked out of a game but never got beat up and so I'm a little I'm kind of proud of that because because I think if I would have you know had kids at a younger age and you know been a you know 26 or or 30 year old coach um that might not have been the case I might have (laughs) <laughs> my work and been tossed out of a few gyms or football fields. Nice. <laughs> so you mentioned that uh, you know the, the this started back when your your oldest was in the third grade, and for the most part, these boys have played together every year, which yep. I think is something very unique and very special about the 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 small town or maybe more suburban atmosphere where the kids have an opportunity to stay together as a team. What do you mm-hmm. think that's meant for your boy? Uh, you know, being able to have that same group and develop side by side with the the same kids over the years. It does. It helps a lot. I mean, it's, you're, you're, you're building relationships, you're, you're building trust and, and, uh, and it's just a fun time. I mean, the, the kids hang out together, they, you know, they play together and, and, and I mean, that's some of our fondest memories, you know, Bobby and I played basketball at St. John's when we were little and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that just, just playing with your classmates and growing up and graduating and, those are my fondest memories is, is just being able to, to do that with, with the people that I grew up with. So, right. So what, you know, so you've got this group of kids that's, that's used to being together and whatnot, and obviously going to school together and then COVID hits and everything shuts down for a while. What, what, you know, from a dad's perspective, um, what was that experience like for your boys? Um, I would say it wasn't, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, you know, they, they play Xbox, they play 
Fortnite or mm-hmm. or Red Dead Redemption or whatever nice. they're playing. So they're they're they can get online and talk to their buddies and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, probably the hardest thing was the e learning at school. I mean mm-hmm. my my oldest one didn't have a problem. Luckily my my oldest one was bar- born with my wife's brains, so he's, <laughs> he's incredibly smart. So is my youngest one too, for that matter. But, you know, he's an eighth grader. He's pretty much got school figured out. He doesn't, I mean, I, I stopped helping him when I was, when he was a fourth or fifth grader. I mean, I was, <laughs> done. I was checked out by then. Like, go ask your mom. Right. Uh, so, but he's, he's got life figured out. And so Zoom, Zoom was not that bad for him. Now, my fifth grader, on the other hand, he's used to, he's used to having a teacher there and, right. and you know, helping him if, if need be. And, and so that fell on, you know, 90% of it is mother. And his mother's trying to work a full-time job too. Right. And so, you know, then, then some of that slides off on me. Well, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. So, so it, it gets, gets a little frustrating at times with the e-learning uh, thing, but, uh, but as far as socially and, and sports wise, I mean, the, the, the greatest thing about COVID is like uh, they didn't have school. They would just go jump on a golf cart and go golfing all the right. time. Yeah. When it was nice, I'll just, hey, because there's there was no there was no mandates really for our golf course. There was for maybe a week or two. Mm-hmm. And then they, they couldn't use public the, 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 the carts that were there at the clubhouse. But we have our own personal right. golf. So they could just jump on it and jump on in any hole they wanted and go play. And so I think that that helped a lot, too. That made life easy when you just get out of the house and go do something and, and right. not around people. So it was good. I mean, it, yeah. like I said, it didn't affect me. I'm sure, you know, others did not have that same, that same experience, you know, this yeah. is, you know, in small town Seward, you, you know, there's, there's stuff to do that you can do without, without being around a lot of people. You go to big, you know, Lincoln and Omaha and, you know, oh my gosh, there's nothing you can do without being around people. Right. So, right. Right. So it's just, we've been, we've been pretty blessed, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted I want to ask a bit more about something that you said earlier about just because you know the, the three of us did go to uh, did go to school together, <laughs> and so you know we knew each other when we were uh, fourteen years old and around that age range. And you're mentioning how you know you're the kids are just you know they're different these days. And I you know having worked with kids myself can can kind of understand what you're what you're talking about. But do you think that this is just a a more self-aware generation or, or how do you, you know, how, how do you perceive, you know, what's different for them, you know, navigating kind of the social emotional side of things at school versus uh, when we were, we were in those same halls uh, 25 years ago? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I think because of phones, because of technology, I think mm-hmm. everything you do, everything you say is, is seen. Mm-hmm. And so you, you can't be, you can't get away with being a bully. I mean, you, 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 without somebody seeing it or mm-hmm. you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but you, you know, it's just, you're, you're seen by more people, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you know, Krista's Krista knows where Hayden is at all times. Cause you know, they have a app on his phone. So, <laughs> um, Nice. I don't know, but I, I, I think, I don't know. Being in Seward, I think is different than being in other places. I mean, like I said, it takes a village mm-hmm. and we all know each other. We all, um, you know, 
it's just I don't know. It's it's just different. I don't know. Um, I'm a huge I'm a big huge respect guy, right? You mm-hmm, give me right. respect, I give you respect back, and I've tried to instill that in my boys, um, and I've tried to instill that in in the kids that I coach too, right? So, mm-hmm. and for the, I mean, they like I said, they're just everybody that I've coached. I've probably coached I don't know three four hundred kids. They've all wow. been pretty respectful, and they they listen and and try to do the best they can. And it's, it's, it's just different. I, I, I don't really know how to explain it. No, that's, that's fantastic. And I, I think that, you know, you, you bring up a really good point, which, you know, we, we worry about, you know, what the social media and the phones and everything is doing, but it does one of, one of the upshots of it is that accountability and the fact that, you know, you are kind of, operating in the wide open you know you can't yep. can't, oh, yeah. can't can't uh can't get away with with you know shit without somebody calling you out on it so that's right. uh that's fantastic yeah. you know you, you beat the crap out of somebody at school and and uh and back in our day and the board of, it was word of mouth nowadays mm-hmm. it's been filmed by eight people and been shared on snapchat and facebook and you know right and, it's yeah. got back to your parents before you could even make the phone call from the principal telling me. You <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. And there's, yeah. There, and you know, to your point also, there's something to be said about small, small town America, you know, everybody's parents know each other, <laughs> you yep, know, yep. there's not, there's not, there's not a whole lot of places you can hide. So. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That is good. So I would, I would say then that I probably know the answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway, then, uh, the choice to stay in Seward and raise your kids in Seward has been uh, a been one that you're you're happy with. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, and I and I I was never a big town person anyway. Um, you know, other than you know the five months that I spent in Columbia, South Carolina, um, mm-hmm. at Fort Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was that was there's a lot of people there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that. I like my open space and right. and. Uh, and there's there's nothing more than that in, in in Nebraska. So so yeah, I'm I'm extremely thrilled and and you know I, there's still some teachers and stuff around that we get to see um, that I get to talk to and and uh, quite a few alumni that are still here. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, and I love meeting new people and 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 so it's just it's it's comfortable for me and that's that's probably the biggest thing. You know, we, we talk a lot about, you, you, just because you just mentioned new people, we, we, we talk a lot on the show about how uh, Seward is the same, but I, I would have to think that Seward has changed quite a bit in, in certain ways. Is there anything that really sticks out to you in uh, how Seward has, you know, how Seward is different now uh, than it was looking back, what, 20, 25 years ago when we were, yeah. we were on, running around? I, uh... I mean, nobody cruises town anymore like we used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's at home on on their on their computer or on Netflix or whatever. Um, right. I, I wouldn't say it is. It really hasn't changed that much. I mean, mm. um, we're see. You know, I'm obviously seeing the adult side of it. You know, and I'm I'm sure, you know, things weren't all that much different than when we grew up. You know, you had parents that became friends because of your kids, and then mm. you you know went over their house and hung out and you know, drank a couple of beers and, mm-hmm. and that's how you kind of get, get to know people. And I, I don't think it's really any 
different than it was 25 years ago. I mean, <laughs> so I have to ask you just because you mentioned that, you know, no one's cruising anymore because everybody knows where everybody is. Right. Uh, do, do your kids have any sense of what it was like before phones? Like, for us actually having to use a, a landline to track down where our buddies are and what we're doing for the night. Go to the library to research for a paper. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I really, right. I don't think they could grasp. Um, I don't know if they could ever grasp what it was like with before the internet and before mm -hmm. cell phones. I, I just, um, we do have, you know, if we'll go out to the lake, we'll go out to, Burwell to the Calamus Reservoir and and hang out on the beach one day. Um, and there's, you know, we're not playing on phones. We're we're playing in the water. We're jet skiing or doing whatever. Right. And and so, you know, they're not they're not so attached to their phone per se when when we have stuff to do. But mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when they're when they have downtime, that's that's what they that's what they like. They're either playing xbox or watching youtube videos of you know how to how to dribble better or how to shoot better or, or uh or stuff and like those that. videos feature their dad right no 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 they <laughs> not. like i said I, I i try to help as much as i can but you know i am not i am definitely not an expert at anything so i i just tried to give them guidance and try to give all the all the kids i coach guidance to just become better people better better athletes, better teammates. And, and that's, that's, that's the best I can do. Right. Fantastic. So, so, Hey guys, I got to let you go. This game nice. started. Nice. All right. Well, we John, thank you so again. much. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, you had nothing to worry about. It was a great, you know, great job. Um, <laughs> yeah. We want to have you on again. Maybe we could get, we could add the five, right. We could add TK and Titus and, and, you know, John to the mix. Cause I thought Absolutely. that the uh, flow from, you know, the biggest concern going in with a four person one was, you know, interrupting everybody and but it went very well. And I think we could keep adding, you know, we could get up to, you know, who knows, but I think, uh, you know, a follow up, John, I really appreciate, you know, being caught, you know, cognizant of your time. I know you've been busy uh, coaching and we try to get this done, you know, weeks ago, but uh, you hopped on today and I really appreciate it. Oh, Thanks, yeah. You John. Bet. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Take care, buddy. We'll see you. <clears throat> okay luke now we got to get into some some topics right so hey brother i have got a couple of things that i am dying to talk to you about yeah. and hit uh, me hit you me now i i gotta i gotta hop right on hop right on to our our governor uh our all-star governor the king of the pandemic briefing uh, the road just keeps getting darker and darker for him. Andrew Cuomo yeah, just bro. cannot get out of his own way at this point. And now uh, we have uh, Charlotte Bennett uh, giving just a gut-wrenching interview on CBS News about her experience working for the governor. And, um, you know, just real quick, Luke. People, you know, people think that the Me Too movement was, you know, so last year and is so not over. And yeah, it's no. just unfortunate, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. You know, from the outside looking in, Governor Cuomo taking the bull by the horns, you know, they're 
Obviously, their state was the epicenter for COVID-19 for a Mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all the pushback and the professionalism that we thought he was providing the public uh, may not be the case. No, no. So on top of... Okay, uh, I will go out and say is not the case. Yeah. So, you know, on top of this... Uh, now, three accusations. Now, I do have to say one thing, and, and please forgive me for playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, but the third uh, accusation, which apparently happened at a wedding, mm-hmm. which uh, he, you know, there's even a picture of it uh, where he kind of grabbed this uh, young woman by the face and, and planted a big kiss on her lips. I I don't know. I'm a pretty, and I've had to check my, look, I've had to check myself because I'm, you know, previous Luke (laughs) is a pretty gregarious, touchy kind of friendly guy, you know, that wouldn't think twice. Now, I don't know if I would put put one right on somebody's lips, but somebody on the cheek or something like that is not, you know, out of the out of the realm of possibility but it's just a call to mind especially if you are the governor of a state that you know if you are in a position of authority and power that you have to be so careful about you know your actions and basically you know it just comes down to you know just just be respectful of people's personal space you know we even we even saw our, our guy, Joe Biden, have to kind of have a reckoning with that because right. he is, you know, so, so old school that, you know, giving sne- sneaking up on somebody and giving them a little back massage is, you know, that's <laughs> back right. in the day, that was OK. But that's just not the world that we live in anymore. And uh, I, I do think the governor is doing the right thing by saying that you know essentially saying that what happened happened and he's sorry if it made somebody feel uncomfortable um you know and we'll see where where tish james the the attorney general of new york takes this uh but i i would have to say it is a safe bet that you know because i do think he did do uh you know a decent job with covid now obviously there has to be a reckoning on him his direction to staff members to tweak the numbers uh to make uh deaths at uh, nursing nursing homes appear lower mm-hmm. um you know but i i would i would have to assume that governor cuomo's political career if he survives the next uh year and a half in office he's he's he's, he's up for a re-election in 2022 if he makes it to 2022 i don't i don't see his political career advancing from here Right, right. You know, but if we look at history, right, if there's three women, there's probably six women. If there's right. six, there's probably 12. Yeah. The yep. number keeps doubling. And, you know, even with Trump, there's been 20 women that have actually come forward, but there's probably 20 more that haven't. Right, right. So it's really curious here, though, and, I, and I'm just going to, again, I'm not quite sure. I, I don't know if it's... <sighs> I'm not quite sure what's helped me make sense of this. So we've got Kirsten, Kristen Gillibrand, right? Mm-hmm. The Senator from New York who by all uh, purpose for all, for all practical purposes was the leader of the movement to have Al Franken, uh, you know, forced his resignation from the Senate based on uh, what he said were some comedic photos he took 
uh, with a woman that were inappropriate. He was touching her breasts while she was asleep, uh, right. you know, but she really pushed for him to resign and got that, that momentum going, which led to him in fact, resigning. Sure. Now, flash forward, she was asked earlier this week about her opinion on Cuomo, and she really didn't have anything to say uh, other than she was going to let the, uh, you know, the investigation play out and, and save, you know, you know, she was going to hold off on any kind of judgment. So let's just I just wonder, you know, what, what's going on with, with Senator Gillibrand, where she was so gung-ho about, you know, just this purity test and Al Franken had crossed a line that couldn't be, couldn't come back from. Right. And now here we are. And that was just one woman. Um, and then others came out of, around Franken as well. Sure. But um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't know if there's a question in that Bobby, but I'm just, it's a, I don't know what's going on uh, with the democratic party right now where, you know, we're so, afraid of what's going on on the other side of the aisle that we're right. kind of, we don't want to, and I agree, we don't want to be attacking each other right now. That's certainly not the right. time for that. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting and we'll see, like I said, let's, let's see how this investigation plays out. Everybody is, this is still America. Everybody is still innocent until proven guilty. Let's see how the investigation plays out. And uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, he, he has to still answer for uh, the, the flubbing of the numbers around nursing homes as well. So, right, right. Know, we are we are the party that calls our representatives out when when something goes wrong, as opposed to the other side of the aisle that, as you mentioned, uh, their 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 leader, their supreme leader has, what, 20 some accusations against him. And yep. uh, and then this new guy. Uh, Madison Cawthorn or whatever his name is, this new young gun uh, Republican uh, from, I think, South Carolina, apparently has some pretty uh, some pretty credible allegations against him. And uh, no one's really talking about it. And then, of course, there is the Supreme, uh, which we just got done talking to somebody who spent years coaching uh, coach Jim Jordan who apparently um, was was well aware of some sexual misconduct that was happening uh, between one of the, I believe the team doctor and some uh, and some players and did not say anything. And he has never really been pushed to uh, to to say anything about his actions or or attest to that. So um, the Republican Party has. you know, for, for, you know, I remember a day when the Republicans were supposed to be the party of, you know, morals and, you know, family values and, and right. everything. Now it's just, I mean, I if you look I, at our party, right, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, getting everybody on the same page, pushing the same message. You know, Republicans, on the other hand, they've, they're lockstep with Trump. That's the message. That's who they're following. It doesn't give a shit what Jim Jordan has done in the past. There's no accountability. There's no inquiry. Nobody gives a shit. And on, on, on our side, that, that is not the case. Right. Right. So with Cuomo, you know, he's going to get, you know, there's going to be a reckoning. He's going to have to answer, you know, not just to one woman or two women. There's, there's probably several to come yet. Yeah. And, you know, but before the investigation's even done, 
There's people, you know, like Al Franken, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, before any investigation was done, there was calls to, you know, for him to step down and move aside. And they had not even given the ethics committee uh, an opportunity to review the case. It was just immediate. And that was, you know, kind of towards the beginning of the Me Too movement. And and yes, I couldn't agree more that we are still in this reckoning. Yes. Uh, I don't think the Me Too movement, much like uh, the Black Black Lives Matter movement, this isn't meant to be just a small segment in time. This is meant to cause lasting change. Absolutely. Um, there will be an ongoing reckoning. But I think at the beginning, the pendulum had swung so far towards the reckoning side of it that uh, there were some snap judgments in those early days. So that's why I'm saying let's let's let the investigation play out. Um, We kind of probably know already where this is headed, but let's let the investigation, you know, let's Tish James is 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 no is no softy. (laughs) She'll get right because we need to know, you know, how bad it is, because. You know, Franken was gone before we really found out there was several women. Right. 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 You know, I want the investigations to happen to tell Mm -hmm. us exactly how bad it was based on who. Absolutely. You know, but the results are just going to be based on the women that actually come forward, whether on the record or off the record. Okay, so with Andrew Cuomo, is it going to be is it eight women or is it is it 80 women? Right. And, you know, we'll find out. But yeah. You know, like you said, early days, people were, you know, people got fired and then that's where the investigation stopped. Right. Right. And I think the investigation should have been completed to, you know, let us know exactly how bad it was. And, you know, you don't have to name names. You don't have to say specific women or specific guys or whatever the case is. Yeah. But, you know, Matt Lauer, you know, that investigation stopped as soon as he was fired. And Mm -hmm. then months later, it was another 15, 20 women. Right. So exactly. I mean, yeah. it, that that one was really, really jaw dropping because that yeah. was one where it, it, it was a trickle and then the floodgates opened and holy shit. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, that's that is that is another Locked. one uh, that just, um, you know, and, and people living here in L.A. now, people always joke about. Um, you know, the, the, the lore of the casting couch and how that was just kind of the way things were. Right. And, 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 okay, well, maybe that was the way things were back in, I don't know, the, the fifties and the, you know, back in the Mad Men days. Right. But I, I think we're, we're well, we're well removed from that. And, uh, right. you know, people that were, I, I couldn't believe that people were actually trying to make, oh, you know, old Weinstein, he's just an old dinosaur of the industry. That's just how these old boys are. Right. But no, there were so many no. people, Luke, that was covering that up, you know, uh-huh. not just, yeah, not just the, you know, the shame and the disgust from the women that had to go through that, but mm-hmm. executive producers and directors and movie studios. And I mean, it was so well known that that was kind of his his thing mm-hmm. that there were so many people covering it up. And that's what was really shocking to me. Not that it actually happened or who it happened to. Right. Yeah. You know, you think these you know, you think some of these women are, you know, they're massive stars. But to think and understand what they had to go through to get there. Mm-hmm. And then to find out that Paramount Studios or Fox, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. they all knew. Oh, this went all the way to the top. 
you know, the top of the top executives knew exactly what was going on, but Harvey kept producing these massive, massive blockbusters, hit. these yes. hits that were making b- b- billions with a B for these studios. Yep. And so, you know, and we don't know the number of actresses whose careers were launched. I'm looking at you, Gwyneth Paltrow, that maybe things did happen, but they got so fucking famous that they're not saying anything about it. Right. You know? Right. So there, there's that side of it as well, because I mean, look at Rose McGowan, who for all, for, you know, she, she was a star in her own right. Right. And, and then did speak out and mm-hmm. has kind of been blackballed by Hollywood yep. ever since, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like uh, it, it's kind of, uh, it's breathtaking that we're in this me too movement we're in this reckoning he's caught he did it we know he did it we know all these people were covering up for him yeah and here's this wonderful actress that's kind of been shunned yeah and for no other reason than speaking her truth about what happened between her and harvey weinstein right so in you know and it was shocking to me too how many of the of their male co-stars knew it was going on yeah felt yeah. bad but didn't do nothing. Didn't yeah. say nothing. Um, you know, Again, it's just, it was just a, that's Harvey. That's that was the culture. Harvey. That exactly. was the culture. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> on a, on a lighter note, <laughs> right. Uh, <clears throat> so our, our buddy, Mark Zuckerberg apparently has uh, decided that, uh, you know, we, 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 we need, we need uh there to be political marketing so people can get their messages out. Sure. This had nothing to do with money uh, or uh, loss of ad revenue, but Facebook has announced that starting Monday, the floodgates are open again. All comers are welcome. Political ads will be returning to the site. What say you, Mr. Stutzman? Well, based on what's going on with, with Apple and with Google and how they're going to be handling all their data and ad revenue and everything, Facebook needs to be extremely worried, mm. needs to be extremely worried because cookies are going away. Mm. So Firefox browser has already done away with those like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Safari has already done away with cookies. Uh, Chrome is still doing cookies, obviously, you know, a Google product. Google stated they're doing away with cookies. Well, that's how companies like Facebook benefit, right? Mm-hmm. They pay they pay a ton of money, right? So kind of, you know, let's kind of break it down by one smartphone brand, which is Samsung. Mm-hmm. Samsung is the most sold phone globally when it comes to smartphones and iPhone isn't, isn't even close. Right. Okay. So I, you know, years ago, Samsung said, well, Google, if you want to be on our home screen with your browser, you're going to pay us a shit ton of money. Mm. And that shit ton of money accounts for about four to 6 billion annually, depending on how many smartphones are sold in the global market space. So now when Apple has come out just recently and said that they were going to be blocking basically uh, cookies on, on their platform. So faith, you know, Facebook wouldn't be able to track all that and be able to target market specific users, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg lost his shit. 
And now a few months later, Google is now stating the same thing. So when when you're a company and almost 100% of your revenue is, is from ads, Mark Zuckerberg and the and his executive team should be very worried about what a year or two looks from now. Mm-hmm. And Google itself, so we talked kind of over the last few days, I mentioned on the last pod, people need to be very, people in the ad space, people that are spending money on the platforms. It sounds good for for Google to be doing away with cookies, right? But at the end of the day, that gives them so much more power not doing, you know, so so on one hand, from a user perspective, they can say to the government, we're not going to track people to use cookies. Well, Google is still generating the same data with or without the cookies. The only difference is the cookies allowed third parties to integrate and to get that information. Now Google's saying, we're not going to let you guys basically see in the window or have access with a, you know, a specific door. You're going to go through the front door and you're going to be paying us for this and you're going to be paying large sums. So Google is going to get more powerful. I'm not sure exactly where Apple is going to end on, on all this, um, but Facebook needs to be very, you know, very cognizant of where they're at today, the money that they generated last year, and that could be cut in half within two years. So give me a little bit more of a deep dive in how Google not, not having cookies is going to affect Facebook. Well, because Google was, they had an agreement with Facebook and basically given uh, Facebook access, uh, it's kind of like a roadmap, right? Uh uh Cookies, like we're on, let's say you're on ESPN right now. Mm -hmm. Well, those cookies basically tag everything you're watching, everything you're doing by the IP address, by the content you're, you know, you're reviewing. Right. And then you go from ESPN, then you go to another website or you go to a, uh, to your smart device and it follows you. Got it. You know? So without Google having all that data, I mean, with, with, with Facebook, not having that data, their target marketing becomes much, much less effective for the, uh-huh. for the paying customer. Right. Got it. Exactly. So which it's, is which is something after the whole Cambridge Analytica yes fiasco was something that we felt needed to happen anyway. Right. Correct. Right. But now Google is going to have so much more power. So whether mm. they sell anything, right? Google could say, "Fuck you, Zuckerberg. We're not giving you a fucking data set for nothing." Mm-hmm. Facebook's fucked. Mm-hmm. Apple's already said that, right? Zuckerberg mm-hmm. lost his shit when when uh, Cook came out and said they were going to basically shut Facebook off. And now Google is taking a different route, right? Mm-hmm. They're not name dropping Facebook specifically, but that 90 billion that Facebook generated last year could be next to nothing within two years. Man, man. So, so they're going to have to find <clears throat> out new ways right so if you Mm -hmm. get on facebook's platform there's only so much data mining they can do they Mm -hmm. really depend on 
the Google's global infrastructure, being on smartphones, being, you know, Chrome browser and these apps and that app. And, you know, Google has partnered with so many applications that that was another huge benefit to a company like, like Facebook is, mm-hmm. hey, we don't have to partner. We don't have to pay for access to everything. We can just go to Google because they were already doing it. Yeah. And Google's basically saying, we're going to shut you off. So, you know, Facebook, Facebook in a couple of years uh, needs to be very, very worried. And they need to figure out a way how they're going to generate ad revenue without having all the data sets that they've had for the last 10 years. Well, Zuck, I guess this is your uh, thank you for bringing us uh, Donald fucking Trump. Right. Anyway, <laughs> right. can I can I ask you, you know, we, we already he already got one fuck you and now he's about to get another fuck you. <laughs> Why does Joe Manchin hate the idea of helping his fellow man? I, I don't. I don't understand his nonsense. We're already dealing with a Republican party, you know, insisting that the 600 page bill is read and then all of these fucking amendments in the quote unquote voterama. So of course I'm talking about Joe Biden's signature policy uh, goal for, for his first hundred days. And that is the $1.9 trillion COVID relief package, yep. which we, we are, crawling our way towards passage of and then here comes joe fucking mansion mm. pulling his shit again causing a i think close to a nine hour delay yesterday basically to shave about two and a half weeks off of unemployment benefits because he's worried that uh god and it sounds like he took this this talking point right out of Mitch McConnell's mouth, but Joe Manchin, quote unquote Democrat, is mm-hmm. worried that uh, these 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 extended unemployment benefits are going to keep people from rejoining the job market, and in order to literally throw a fit and make a point which again led to all of about two and a half weeks being shaved off of the deadline for, uh, you know, from it was going to be to the end of September. Now it's till uh, right after Labor Day is when they would be expiring under this newest uh, amendment. What What is going on with Joe Manchin, Bobby? I, I don't <laughs> fucking... You know, I'm sitting here thinking, right, we were, we were so excited when Biden won the election in November. Mm-hmm. And then we saw we were going to have to have a runoff in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then everybody just elated on obviously our side when we won the runoff. You know, mm-hmm. I never. Right. So if you look back to when Biden and o- o- Obama were trying to pass Obamacare, mm-hmm. um, there was one person that was in the similar position. So I think, you know, when you think back Obamacare, Susan Collins Mm-hmm. was the one in in Joe's position calling the shots and they made all these amendments because of her because they needed her vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never expected someone from our side to be doing the same thing to Biden that Susan Collins did to the Obama administration. I never never expected this cuz you know when we won the Georgia runoffs hey we've got the majority. We've got all 50 Democrats or whatever the case and then we've got uh, the vice president 
Kamala doing uh, breaking the tie with, you know, with her. So we've got the not only the House, we've got, you know, we've got the majority in the Senate and one of our own, you know, he's almost like a like he's a fucking spy. Right. He's working for both sides. <laughs> right. I never you, you get never that expected. feeling, don't you? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's really it's really something. And then, of course, you had, I don't know if you caught this stunt yesterday, but uh, little, little, little Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Cinema, mm. <laughs> who is a character. And I get it that she's a very colorful individual with her, with her colored, colorful wigs and outfits and whatnot. And she's openly bisexual. And I, I get it. I dig her. She's cool. But did you happen to see that when she voted no, on the $15 an hour minimum wage, she curtsied and did the John McCain thumbs down to the face of the, the chair. No. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? Democrat, Democrat, par Democratic Party. Because here's the deal. If we cruise into the 2022 midterms and we have not delivered on any of the things that got Joe Biden or Raphael Warnock, or, um, um, you know, uh, oh, God, I always forget his name. <laughs> right. The Ossoff, other dude. Ossoff. Ossoff. Uh, yeah. Elected. We are going to be fucked royally. Like, yeah. I mean, we campaigned on these extended uh, benefits on, you know, getting people their extra, the extra stimulus checks, which that because of Joe Manchin that got, they did get a decrease. I think it only went down to $85,000 a year, but they did come off of the $100,000 a year threshold uh, for an, an individual, $200,000 as for a couple. So that is down now to, I believe, $80,000 for an individual, $160,000 for a married couple. Uh, you know, they keep chipping away at these things that we campaigned on. Right. Campaigned on them saying, if you put us in office, we will deliver this. Right. And the this keeps getting whittled away at. These are the things that voters remember come you know, election season. And if we roll in to next year or to the 2022 midterms and we have, well, we didn't, you know, we, we got this passed, but not quite this and this, that, or whatever, you know, people are still struggling right now. And the economy yep. is still struggling right now. And yep. all people are going to remember come 2022 is did things get better or not? And how quickly did they get better? Or how slowly did they get better? That's what they're going to think of. How did their lives improve under this, this, you know, this promised better leadership, better tomorrow, you know, better support? Did their lives get better or not? Right. Or did they just continue struggling for the next year and a half and goodbye majorities, you know? Right, and, right. You know, Biden was was very, you know, I thought it was going to be probably four to six weeks Hey, we need to get bipartisan support. Okay, we need to talk with the GOP. The talks happened. They had people at the White House and all that stuff. Well, then we got people in our own fucking party that's holding this thing up, right? right and right. it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, the the lowering of the target, you know, family, you know, family salaries and all that, that doesn't affect Joe Manchin. No. No. The you know, this doesn't really affect it helps his constituents. So I don't know what his play is here. I am. I've been confused, 
you know, since those ads played in his state without his knowledge, mm-hmm. he's just been a dick bag. Yeah. He certainly he has. has. He, he's, he's been, he, it's like he's throwing a fit. Like, it's like, you will respect me or I will make your life hell. And I, I just don't understand what his play is because while we have the majority right now, our majority is a razor thin one mm-hmm. and we cannot afford to lose anyone. And once again, once again, I mentioned it on two pods ago, HR1 the voting right. rights bill. Yep. If we do not get that thing passed before the 2022 midterms, which means that we will have to get rid of the filibuster, we have no choice. There, that bill will not. Cho- that bill will never get 10 Republicans. Right. And God, we'll see if it even gets all 50 Democrats. But if that thing does not pass, there are, get this, Bobby, 250 some voting related bills the vast majority of them greatly restrict voting rights that will sweep across america in the next in the coming months and we're screwed right absolutely screwed so joe manchin better get this shit out of his system now and better come real real fast or we well i think yeah biden needs to have him to the white house and he needs to have a come to jesus like now or Biden needs to go down to West Virginia and do whatever Joe wants him to do. I mean, I don't know. I mean, geez, we just got to do something. Give that. I mean, give give extra money to West Virginia. I don't care. Let's figure. <laughs> let's figure right. it out. <laughs> All right. So you know, I, I'm in the mood to talk since we're talking about something really ridiculous, which is a Democrat acting like a Republican. Um, oh, Bobby, 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 Bobby. Why, 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 why? do the the republicans cling on to things last episode it was a potato and now we got to talk about our beloved dr seuss right who who himself who himself admitted that some of his work was problematic and undoubtedly uh this is what he would have wanted and it's being directed by his children so if you don't know what i'm talking about right now uh the the estate the dr seuss estate so not random house not the democratic party his estate which is his children who run Mm -hmm. his estate said that they have made the request to random house to discontinue the public discontinue the publication of six of dr seuss's books that contain depictions of racial minorities in insensitive ways. Right. Uh, And Random House respected their wishes and said that they would no longer publish these six books. And the good old GOP, the right side of the political spectrum is losing their ever loving shit. Right. Saying that, you know, Joe, (laughs) Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi want to take away the cat in the hat. And that is not even one of the books on the list. (laughs) Right. Well, they're trying to censor racism, right? They're trying to take it off the shelf, which is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But that was that's what Trump stands for. He's all for it. And people are behind him because of it. Right. Let's let's make that clear. A lot of the GOP in the Senate and the House relate to Trump and back Trump because they believe the same shit that Trump does. Mm 
So when it comes to racism, I'm not surprised one iota about the GOP losing their shit. I mean, the family's doing the right thing and the GOP, hey, why are we restricting racism? And, you know, it gives them a battle. It gives them a talking point. They can go on Fox News and completely twist the truth, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was all about, what was it last week? All about inappropriate censorship and cancel culture of the democratic party and all this shit. Yeah. That was the, that was the, their whole shtick down there at CPAC was, you know, cancel, cancel culture, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it, no one's canceling anything. You know, what we're, what we're doing is trying to, you know, to (sighs) remove these culturally insensitive uh, uh images uh you know that that just don't have play a place especially in a children's book and again right. you know we're talking about and you can you can dig into this more online on, on my facebook page page i've listed the books that are actually being actually our, our friend uh callie from high school listed the books uh that are being and again it's not like they're going to track these books down and burn the existing copies right. it's not that it's just they're not going to publish new copies and the estate said that under you know hit under under their direction that they may have some of those characters reimagined and redrawn and they'll go ahead and publish publish the books because it's not the problem that there was an asian character or there was an african african character it's how those characters were drawn that is culturally insensitive and that is what that they that they want to make right and dr seuss himself who was a political satirist uh before he became a children's book author later in life said that he really because he 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 was in that industry during world war ii so -hmm. he drew some very offensive imagery of of japanese people obviously at that time period and he's later in life had come to really regret that and said that there was a lot of his work uh, he wished he could go back and and not have created created. So the man himself showed growth, uh, but <laughs> personal right. growth is not something that this particular brand of Republican is uh, very well known for. Right. You know, and I saw the stuff that you you posted, and I believe Jared Cotel got mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. some stuff posted, and and when I read the fact that you know he made those uh, statements official. The GOP doesn't care, you know, they just see, well, we're censoring racism, uh, you know, and we shouldn't be doing that freedom of speech and all this shit. Um, You know, it, it, I'm not surprised, but yet those, you know, if you look at what's really being stated and what the kids are doing, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. the right thing. It should have been done decades ago. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, speaking of the Republicans, uh, we have officially discovered their what their wedge issue will be going forward. That, of course, is the specter of the uh, male to female trans uh, individual uh coming to a high school gym near you to beat the ever loving crap out of your biological daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of bills uh, in state houses across the country that will uh, basically uh, restrict 
any male to female transsexual from competing in athletics, uh, either at the high school or collegiate level. Um, basically, uh, the Republicans uh, are using the specter of, um, and I, I, this is so far-fetched, no, knowing a number of, of, of trans people, I just, this is so disgusting to me, but you know, that the, the implication that somebody would go through gender reassignment just so they can have a competitive advantage in basketball. Mm. I, I mean, it is, it is breathtaking. Uh, the, sure. the, the science around it is, is, is all but conclusive that this just is not a real thing. But just like, you know, they don't care that Dr. Seuss himself had made the statements right. uh, rejecting his, his art. He, they don't care what doctors and mental health professionals say. Uh, they are going to run on this issue that if you, you know, you know, and this gets down to the local level, because these things are really being played out at, in the state legislatures, um, they're going to work to keep their majorities in state legislatures across the country, basically by saying, you know, if you get, you know, vote for that Democrat state representative, they're going to allow uh, these transgendered people uh, to take away opportunities from your daughters. And it's really, it, it is disgusting. Right. And uh, I, I cannot be more adamantly opposed to their bigoted thinking um, but it is just, it, it's, it's just terrible uh, where we take one step forward uh, in the Equality, the <clears throat> Equality Act. Uh, I saw you posted that uh, federal judge said that it can stand and carry forward and whatnot, and they can continue, uh, um, you know, possibly moving towards passage of that. So mm -hmm. we've, got, we've got protections for LGBTQ people growing in one sense on the federal level, but in so many state houses, uh, there's some serious jeopardy to LGBTQ rights right now. Something right. for us to keep an eye on as we move forward uh, through 2021, because before you know it, uh, these cycles come around so fast, we'll be in the heat of the 2022 uh, midterm election cycle before you know it. So anyway, Bobby, would you like a, a warm and fuzzy because I, I, I read this article and I felt nothing. Hey, but I the think warmest, that's the new name. You know, we end the, the warm show and, on the, the warm, warm and fuzzy, fuzzy, the warm and fuzzy. Because, Absolutely. Uh, you know, Alex Trebek was a was a legend and he was also a legendarily kind and giving man. He famously, uh, you know, in his last week, not even knowing that it was his last week, made a plea to Americans to be kinder to each other, to take care of each other. Uh, that's just who he was. And so it, it, it is of no surprise that his son, Matthew, uh, is, ha, has taken after his father. And so the question is, these garments belong to host Alec, Alex Trebek before his son, Matthew Trebek, donated them to formerly incarcerated men. Correct response? What are 300 neckties, 58 dress shirts, 25 polo shirts, 15 belts, 14 suits, and nine sport coats? Congratulations if you got that right. That's right. Matthew Trebek has donated a large amount of his father's TV wardrobe 
to an organization that helps men get off the streets uh, and get uh, outfitted in order to uh, join the workforce. So a lot of these men are recently released from incarceration, are, are, really, are recently have experienced homelessness. And Matthew Trebek said, I just love the idea of guys getting a second chance to go on interviews and feel presentable in my dad's clothes because they taped uh, five day shows a day, two days a week. You know, he had a massive wardrobe because he basically had to have 10 different suits, you know, with the matching, you know, ties and shirts on the ready uh, whenever he came in to record. And so all of these items have uh, been donated uh, to the Doe Fund, uh, which started in 1985, providing housing, jobs, counseling, training and work opportunities uh, for men with histories of homelessness, substance abuse, and incarceration. McDonald, the head of the organization, said the, the, <clears throat> the clothes have been a real confidence booster for the gentlemen uh, that have received them. Uh, and he said that we want to help them get back on their feet, help them get their dignity back. We want to help reunite them with their children and get back into the workforce so we can once and for all break the cycle of prison and poverty. You've been listening to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. Politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, real and raw. Real and raw. Finally, a podcast with real talk and no bullshit. We hope you enjoyed the show, but if we pissed you off, that's okay too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bobby and Luke. On Instagram at Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. And on LinkedIn at Unfiltered-With-Bobby-And-Luke. How many dashes do we need there, fellas? My God. Anyway, make sure to like, rate, and review. And of course, leave a comment. And check out the website at BobbyAndLuke.com. This is Unfiltered. Signing off.